Hello, welcome to the Leaders of Learning podcast. I'm your host, Ling Ling. Videos are everywhere. They are used in marketing, entertainment, and even instruction. Friends and family forward all sorts of videos over social media and chat apps. Experts and instructors use instructional videos as the go-to medium in spreading their message. But are instructional videos as effective as it seems? What does it take to create a professional and engaging instructional video? Joining us is Safira, director of Electus Films. She has directed and produced a wide variety of films, including instructional videos. Thank you for joining us in our podcast. To start off, can you please tell us a bit about your journey into the filmmaking industry? I've been in the industry for about five to six years now, and I've worked in many, many uh, productions, and I've worked in like, like with a lot of roles, picking up from editor, being the assistant producer, and as well as like building up the ranks, like from you know little, little like run like do. The coffee girl buying things and food for everybody till the person that um managed the the projects in production companies, but it's different production companies as well. So I've worked with production companies that revolve around commercials, TV episodes, and as well as um corporate productions uh, where they do instructional videos, corporate videos for big corporations uh like just to say a few like Suntag, PayPal, Decathlon. And as well as uh, travel, travel videos for Contiki, etc., things like that. But given that uh, the journey was very tough, growing from a background with absolutely a budget one, you know, I I wasn't born like rich or anything like that. We really try to work with whatever we have, and I think being able to be where I am right now after five to six years is really a. a a big of a journey for me. Since the launch of YouTube, since the advancement of technology, where uh, cameras are easily accessible now as compared to before, uh, so has video instruction as well as become ever more popular. Mm-hmm. If you're an expert of a field of knowledge, uh, you would tend to want to use video instruction to share this knowledge or demonstrate on how uh, things are done. So why do you believe that video is? The go-to medium for many instructors. Okay, so one one reason why I feel the video is a go-to medium for most instru- uh, most instructors is because it's something the learner could see. The video allows you to pause and go back to it, and then just keep it there and literally taking your time doing and making sure you got the steps right and because of this you can always go back at it you know at the end of the day even if you have to rush off to somewhere the video will always be there it's not like something you learn at like you know seminars or like a workshop you are there you experience it but sometimes not a lot of people manage to retain information right then then so video has allowed um, people like us learners nowadays to go back to it and save them in their phone and basically having what what they're selling right now is uh, accessibility because we all have smartphones we we walk around with our ipads and i think most of us nowadays are really like glued to our iphones it's not a bad thing but i think because uh, of that reason i think that's why most instructors are going to video right now because everyone can do it anywhere 
And I think that's the beauty of it. I totally agree with you because I know that when I commute on the train or when I walk on the streets, I do see mm-hmm. people carrying around their mobile devices and just watching a video as, as they are commuting, right? But mm-hmm. if we compare to other forms of learning, say like reading a book or listening to a podcast, why is video instruction, they seem to be more engaging than the other forms of, of learning, of gaining knowledge. Why do you think that is so? Uh, the only reason something is engaging, I think, is because they manage, they, you see, the eyes, um, is, they, they get distracted very easily. And given the fact that videos nowadays, everyone could be really creative with it. Like, even though you can just do a very basic video with someone talking and then, you know, you, all you have to do is just input graphics with really little cute cartoons, animations coming into the video itself. And that can actually triggers like memories or things that people like and people adore and people are just like oh yeah i remember the video because you know this guy always had these little graphics coming on whenever he talks about something for instance like uh this issue or this topic and then he will always have a trademark so people tend to use animation and graphics that tend to grab people's attention to really like okay i want to watch it other than that one way i think the only reason why people are engaged in videos more is because we are also trapped in our world nowadays and because of that videos provide them an avenue to escape from reality for just like maybe 20 minutes or 30 minutes you know so when they sit there and they look at this you know video and they're just like oh yeah i really like it it's something out of the norm for them and mm-hmm. even though it's out of reach they get to like get immersed with it you know they feel the environment of the video itself without even being there so i think that's why people just like watching videos you know people love to go to the movies because it takes them away from reality for just a short moment i think that's what people want you know uh you know after working a nine-to-five job you know running around the day and being tired of meetings you know creepy bosses that goes around like oh no you gotta do this you gotta do that people just want to escape for a bit i think video provides them that uh, that makes a lot of sense because when you're watching video, like you say, it's an mm-hmm. I- immersive experience, so it engages the sight, the sound, which is why video learning is a lot more engaging than, say, reading a book uh, or listening to a podcast because those only engage um, maybe one or two senses and not as many as watching a video. But I reckon that not all topics are effective by learning through video so do you know what type Mm -hmm. of topics you think are effective by using video instruction and which topics are not as effective so what i think uh, the best topics to be doing a video on is basically things where people could refer back to tutorials to make things and uh, basically tutorials to make like edits on videos you know and you you sit down and like or oh, how to edit a photo and to make them look like this you know make them look like that or how to make this food you know like you know cooking videos all these tutorial instructional videos like this are much more effective than uh, videos that literally just basically say oh, 10 ways to improve yourself uh, they're not necessarily bad videos because, I mean, you know, Gary Vee has videos like, oh, yeah, you know, this is how you do it, you know, patience is important and stuff like that. You have to focus on things. But because of his energy, people watch it and these little graphics that comes in, like what I mentioned before for the previous question. Mm-hmm. And um, that's why I think the most effective one is tutorials where people could go back to it because 
it's timeless videos like this they're, they're timeless they, they just stay there and maybe three years four years down the road and they're still valid you know people still go back to it and like, view it you know generations after generations they still can go back to it and say like, oh yeah i have this video you can go back to it and look at it and how to make them but mm-hmm. for self-improvement videos people have to like literally experience the journey itself people can tell you this is a 10 tips on how to become a better leader at your workplace but if you, you know, as much as you can apply them, doesn't necessarily you will see results that instant. You know, things take time to progress. So videos like this, they're not as effect. They're effective to really retain information and like, oh yeah, okay, I can do this, I can do that. But it is not something you can get results instantly. And I think for videos to be effective, the result has to be instant. You know, like, oh yeah, you know, I get to do it after watching this video. And I think that's why the video is effective. But like I said doesn't necessarily mean those videos you know like self-improvement videos where 10 tips to be like this and like that they're not uh, i'm not saying that they're not as effective they are effective in their own ways but i reckon videos function better if they can get results instantly Mm. things like that you know i'd rather people go through sit down and experience it because it's really about the experience you don't want to just get results then, then, you know, unless you're making like, oh, yeah, little cute crafts or something like that. But other than that, yeah, that's how I feel what would be effective. Uh, oh, that totally makes sense because videos that are more demonstrative and if you mm-hmm. can pause and follow along, at the end of the video, you'll be able to gain a skill uh, th- in things that are more uh, technical that require hands on. Like, for example, how to build an origami swan so you can go through a video step by step and at the end of the video you know you can build an origami swan because you've followed that video whereas Mm -hmm. videos that are related to uh, things that are a change of mindset or a change of behavior the video itself uh, while it might be effective it might be engaging but not in a manner where at the end of the video you might change your behavior entirely and that that depends on the viewers own um, initiative to want to apply what they've learned from the video topics that are say more demonstrative people can definitely pause rewind and follow along and at the end of the video if they've applied it uh, they have definitely gained a skill whereas uh, things that are more soft skills it mm-hmm. depends on the viewers volition whether they want to apply it or not after the video and that can't be seen yeah, it's um, it's actually the the viewer's execution. It also depends on the speakers, you know. Like, mm-hmm. depending on the speaker, really is empower. You know, they're they're very empowering with their words, and mm-hmm. you know, they themselves have shown good qualities and good examples of them achieving their goals and making videos like that. Like, hey, look, this is what I did and what I did, what I did, and people can actually refer to it and say like, oh, look, maybe I could do in this and that, doing this and that, but. Again, itself, it's also depending on the view itself and whether or not they're going to execute it that instantly. And sometimes people can get it wrongly, you know. Oh, I did what this guy did. How is it, you know, not working for me? Because yeah. soft skills are something you experience on your own. And you literally, everyone do it differently. Everyone experience things differently. I may do the same thing, but doesn't necessarily, I mean, I get the same results, you know. Yeah, videos that would be effective is something that everyone had the constant result. That, that is what I would like to say. But soft skills are something everyone needs to experience on its own. It, it's effective, but not. It, it depends on what kind of you know videos you're talking about over here. 
And when it comes to soft skill, uh, there's a lot of factors that influences a person too, and that can't be shown entirely in the video. It's something um, you you really have to be determined about making it happen, and not everyone speak about things and do things uh, on par with their work ethic, you know, and you just can't blame the video because, oh, hey, look, I did everything this dude did. Why why am I still like this? You know, why have I seen no results? And because of that, sometimes people start, oh, man, I don't like this dude. I've done anything he's done, but not nothing. I think it's not fair as well for the, for the speaker of the video, whoever that creates the content, because is really not their fault. <laughs> in any case, they really made an effort to make the video to give information and to what works for them. So mm-hmm. I think it's important that no matter what, when you learn from something, you add a bit of yourself into it to to understand. Okay, this this works for you. And I'd also think when you watch something, you know, it's produced for the general masses, but mm-hmm. each person has its own situation, has its own. Dynamic has its different environment and background too. So how each person receiving or watching the video, they may interpret it differently as well, and the way they apply it may be different too. So when it comes to recording video instruction, what do you think? Uh, what is the major difference between uh, recording video instruction on an accessible video camera, a uh, uh, video camera on our mobile devices, and having a professional videographer too? Uh, do the video instruction for us. Let's say you have a guy who's doing a basic instructional videos which doesn't require him to show a product or explain a, an item in the video to reach his objective in explaining the video. You can just use the, the smart camera because all you have to do is just place him on the, the a plain background and you know you can just really edit it from there onwards but the only reason some of us resort to professional cameras because it has allowed you to really focus on details phone you know you can only go so much you know the the quality compresses after a while and everything but doesn't mean it's not possible it's just that the difference is um like professional cameras can achieve like a depth of field so the quality is varies smartphone is has limited qualities i think that's the reason why if you don't really require much people can really use their phones because i mean iphone nowadays and enables you to shoot things at in 4k you know that's really huge it's like one of the most pro you know like one of the levels where pro camera actually has as well but then again like i said um there's still about smartphone cameras that literally shows the amateur quality of filming so I think there is still something that they can work on to make it a better thing. Mind if you could give like a bit of behind the scenes action, let's say in producing a five minute video instruction, what happens behind the scenes? Okay, I'm gonna assume this is just a basic instructional video, yeah? Mm-hmm. Okay, basically what happens is it doesn't really require a lot of people. Usually a five minutes video, if it's just a basic one, um, I could really just go down with a friend of mine, just one more person and one more, one more person would, uh, who would be handling the audio. So what this person would do is literally have a headphone on their hands, an audio recording device, where they can hook up, uh, they hook up the shotgun, uh, shotgun mic and literally just point it to the instruction, the, the speaker itself, the instructor of the video. And then what you, what would I would do basically if I was the, the another the another crew member on on set, I would be the one focusing on the camera. 
So I'll focus him on a very nice background. I say, depending on like, oh yeah, okay, this is how you want to do the graphics. Okay, I'll just make sure that he's not off frame and his hands don't go out of frame as well. So he can literally be in the frame to show and interact with the graphics on, on screen. So basically, a five minutes video doesn't really take a lot of uh, things. All, all you got to do is make sure you have the lighting. So you have a kick light at the back and another LED panel at the front just to make sure you have some professional lighting on the face mm -hmm. and a sound person and someone who focuses on the video make sure that there's nothing out of you know inside that would distract the the viewer probably just someone who can handle uh, a lot more roles and I think it's very simple you can literally just have two person on set and that, that would be it so let's say I am a amateur videographer and I'm an instructor of a particular field of knowledge but I don't have the budget to hire someone professional to do the video for me so if I were to create my own video using my smartphone or whatever devices I have what mm -hmm. must I be aware of during the recording my advice would be really making sure the audio is well taken care of uh, it's important that you know the visual is there and everything but seriously like I said um, our recording our smartphone nowadays really have high capabilities and if you're not really shooting any complicated you know, complicated standards or like complicated concept instructional videos you really can just work on your smartphone there's no right and wrong to it because it depends on the area and the environment let's say if you're sitting in the meeting room and you're alone and you place your phone with like a spider tripod or something and then you didn't have any like audio recording devices and because of this hollow room your voice start being muffled and echoey and pe the viewers can't listen to what you, you're trying to tell them mm -hmm. so I think it's important that you have um, still a professional recording device it could be your headset to begin with it's not necessarily professional but it, it, it's your headset there and as long as they can have a clear audio of what you're talking about but, but to be honest it really depends on you. It really depends on you because it's impression as well, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, as much as you want to show how humble you are as well like that, but I think at this stage, you want people be like, oh, yeah, okay, this lady knows what she's doing. She's really taking things seriously. So it's okay. Video quality, you can stick to smartphone because it's really great, but just have a better quality sound. I think that will be best. If you have a mic, like right, this mic that you're using, right, if you're talking to me, you can even like, let it record on the side. And as long as it captures your voice clearly, that will be a great deal. Because when we, when I record a video, I would just turn on, on the smartphone and not think about the sound. But it's a good tip to consider about the quality of the audio recording as well, not just the visual. Yeah. Because yeah. people actually, on top of that, subconsciously, people actually enjoy audio, good audio a lot. When it's really bad audio, people may think like, oh, yeah, they, they can get over it. But after a while, when they really realize that they can't really understand what you're trying to, trying to say in the video, they'll get agitated and they'll just like, it doesn't matter how clear your video is. The moment they cannot hear you, they'll get agitated and they're just like, no, nah, I'm not watching this video. So yeah. always, yeah, always making make sure that, okay, audio is captured, you know, properly and everything and clearly. So the video may not, you know, be that clear, but as long as the audio is there, people mm. will still look at a video. 
Yeah, it makes sense. If I watch a video where the audio is not clear at all and I can't really hear what the person is saying, I would automatically switch off. Yeah, it's a subconscious mm-hmm. thing. People, people literally just do that like within like seconds, you know. Yeah, and the few seconds can be so precious, right? Because yeah, like, who knows exactly. the viewer would be like your potential client or something. Yeah, like that. that's yeah exactly. That's what I meant. Mm. So it's also the impression you want to set for them. Okay. So being in the filmmaking industry, I'm sure you had the chance to network with other filmmakers and other people in the industry too, and gain some insight on where uh, where it's going in terms of uh, filmmaking and technology itself. So. Where do you see the future of uh, video instruction learning? I think schools will go out of business. <laughs> uh, I I really think sooner or later people will evolve with e-learning. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone will start watching videos online more often. Um, people could literally learn school subjects online. They could really get teachers from across the globe to teach them at different timings throughout the day. But because this teacher has like great credibility of the way they teach things, you know, people would really just stay online. I think that's how video learning is gonna evolve. Uh, a lot of people are getting more creative with uh, video making as well. You know, people are literally going out there, making animations um, to really show infographics on, uh, you know, it could be market rate or something or whatever is going on the news or something. And because of this, we humans we tend to like things that is cute, that's funny, or things that is very appealing to the eyes. Mm-hmm. And because many of us um, are going out there to make these creative things happen, mm-hmm. uh, I think video learning would literally take a step, and a lot of us would literally not like the traditional way. I would say there's still a number of people, like I said, uh, some things I said can can be argued, you know, can can be argued with. But I literally think everything is going online now. Uh, technology is really taking us to a certain level, so video learning will also go to a certain level. And schools, I think, will be less and less in the future. Be- you know, teachers don't really have to be disheartened about it. They're not going to go out of jobs or anything like that. They literally will take it to another level. If there are still students who appreciate traditional learning, there are there will be a number of students that will still go to school. But there will also be teachers who would appreciate, yeah, you know what, it's easy for me to be sitting in my room with even just a plain background explaining to students on maybe how to learn Japanese, mm-hmm. you know, the language itself. So it really depends on the preference of people. Some people love the traditional way. Uh, I'm a bit of a both. I love traditional things. So I still love going to a Japanese school to learn things. I don't like learning Japanese language online, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then, but what I love learning online is not um, how to edit the video and make them look like this. Mm-hmm. That, that is something I love to learn online, mm-hmm. but not in school. Oh. It's a very different notion to it. So that's how I think it's going to evolve. You know, But I think a lot of more things that's going to go you know, online nowadays because it's just easy, accessible. And you know what? This is one thing teachers can look at. If they really decide to go online, they're going to get a lot more money because, you know what, they really have to just sit down and choose students and literally make students come to them. They can literally teach students anywhere at point of time. They can literally save money on transport from going to schools. All they could do is making sure these kids are paying and they just need to teach. And all they have to do is just have a laptop. I so think we're beginning to see the future 
coming very, very <laughs> soon. Because if we go online, we see the wealth of online courses that are available already. And I think the debate that's going on now is whether classroom is still relevant or not. Because a lot of the topics that used to be taught in the classroom are now available online. Available online. Yeah, exactly. That's why. That's what I meant. That that will be the future of video learning, to be honest. Oh, awesome. And how about the future of video technology? I really think things are going to get smaller and smaller and smaller. <laughs> and, you know, if you see the trend, um, it's, it's funny how we've grown, evolved from having cameras producing a VHS quality effect to a, you know, forky and really nice digital creeps looking video. And then suddenly we're now resorting back to VHS and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So... Uh, for video technology, I think from you know you know how small cameras were you know and then the DSLR you know it gets bigger again and then nowadays you can literally get like DSLR like the A7S really small and compact but the video is really like you know creeps and high quality and definition and I think recently Red just introducing this little small smartphone looking device that's gonna be able to like record 4K capabilities you know like they have all the capabilities of professional great camera mm -hmm. and I think video technology would literally er everything I think everything can be done through the size of a smartphone you know device even i think your smartphone will probably evolve just look at the the iphone basically the the new iphone 8 allows you to take portraits with the depth of fill um maybe maybe to a lot of you know photographers eyes it's not that great but to someone who's not really into photography but still want to take at least decent pictures quality you know decent quality pictures they would really appreciate the iPhone 8. And because of that capabilities that are provided, who knows, you know, nowadays your phone can get 4K as well. Then sooner or later, I'm sure technologies will be like, oh yeah, your phone can get a pro-grade camera, like, you know, pro-grade camera quality just because they have more, I don't know, firmware updates and stuff like that. But I think it's gonna... The smartphones are gonna catch up with the pro pro grade cameras in the industry, and I think it's I think it's happening. I just feel that that's what's gonna happen, you know. <laughs> How will this impact the filmmaking industry? Some people would prefer the smaller items because I mean, look, you know, in the filmmaking industry, when you have bigger items and stuff like that, uh, bigger cameras, bigger setup. That means you need bigger equipments to support it. Like, you know, your dolly track, uh, it's bigger. You need bigger cranes for bigger camera. But that being said, you know, of course, these are all money investments you put in. And uh, that's a lot of money spent. Sometimes you can go up to like 10 grand just renting out stuff for the your grieve, your, your rental of the truck, you know, driving you around and everything like that. And then for some people, you know, when you have such smaller items... Meaning you can literally just get a car to travel to your location, meaning it's lesser money. Mm. So it really depends on how people would appreciate. Some people, like I said, would appreciate the traditional stuff, but people, some people appreciate the, the new things that's coming in because it's more convenient and a lot more money saved. Mm. And that being said, uh, of course, most filmmakers like me, you know, being very half between the two, I would still love to experience the traditional stuff, but... At this stage, it is a uh, new, like the new modern age of technology. 
I think having items like you know like for instance if video technology goes to a smaller size like the phone yeah mm-hmm. and then it's li- literally that accessible I could literally keep the camera in my pocket and that means if I go, I'm going to travel around the world all I need is little Osmo little gimbal thing attach my phone to it and I can really produce you know like really professional great videos and this literally make me save a lot of money that means I don't have to invest in like big luggages to, to put in my like drones or anything like even drones are getting smaller but of course it's a consumer level quality you know but still decent you know it's not really bad or anything like that mm-hmm. so it really depends because it's either you want really good quality and of course you know you have to invest in it mm-hmm. but I really feel this way people will just decide people will definitely be like okay it's either I really Go f- go with the flow and catch up with the trends nowadays, or I fall back because I mean, technology will improve every five or ten years. Like you, know, you you look how Apple used to be like, like computers basically. Computers not really Apple. Okay, I'm just not gonna like pinpoint a brand, but computers now uh, back in the days is really like boxes, yeah. And then now it's like flat screen everywhere. And if you're gonna stick to the boxes nowadays, you can't really you know work with technology now because everything is so advanced there's just some things you can't work with the old box you need the new 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 computer mm-hmm. so that's the same thing like your phone you have updates and everything if you don't update your phone you're gonna you know you're not gonna be able to use whatsapp or any apps that require the new firmware so i think eventually people will have to accept the fact that okay this is this is what it is right now so you just have to really adapt to it and go go with it i feel yeah, exactly. So if the technology is coming and we don't we don't adapt to it, we get left behind. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Thank you so much for your time, Safira, and giving us an insight on what it's like to uh, prepare, record, produce a video instruction and how it's like to be in the filmmaking industry. Uh, I really want to be able to provide what if whatever I know to to the community and make sure that you know I inspire some people to really just. Um, do with whatever they have and still make things happen and whatever knowledge I have at this current point which I think may be useful to the community of course I, I, I hope to be able to, to share and at least inspire some people so thank you very much thank you so much Ling thank you that was Safira director of Electus Films Remember to check out the podcast page where you can find contact details of our guests as well as highlights from this episode. The link to the website is available in the podcast description. As a fellow podcaster, I would like to wish Safira a big thank you for her encouragement and support throughout the production of this podcast series. Safira has recently launched her own podcast called Project Meraki, where she speaks to the coolest guests from martial arts to business elites and artists. They will be tackling major topics such as business, health, martial arts, film, photography, knowledge, and many more. Project Meraki is now available on SoundCloud. To celebrate the launch of this podcast, a selected winner will be featured in one of our episodes. To be selected, write a meaningful review on our iTunes page by the 15th of February. We will announce the winner after Chinese New Year. This is your host, Ling Ling. Till the next time, thank you for listening to the Leaders of Learning podcast.